I want to remind you guys, if you are listening, go to HankStrange.com. That is the best way that you can support us right now. Go there, sign up for our email list. Um, you can see all the different platforms we're on over there. Uh, you've got Lola's deals going on there that you guys could check out. She's got daily deals. All that's going on over there. Even links to Ballistic Inc. where you can get our merch nowadays. We've, we've got the Gun Nerd shirts and all that kind of stuff going on. So go to HankStrange.com. And I think that we're feeding through. I'm going to drop the opening. Welcome Boom. back to the Hank Strange situation. All right, make sure you Lifestyle guys subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live here. And uh, we've got a first-time guest, Tim Sargent of Chris USA. He's joining us. Uh, Tim, we do this thing called Jazz Hands. So there you go. Look at that. Okay, come on. Everyone's doing Jazz Hands. I hope you got your big girl panties on. This is going to be fun. This is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. This is episode 525, actually, of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our special guest tonight, Tim Sargent, Chris USA. We've also got Is Your Six covered. I think later on we might have Babyface P joining us. So um, let's get into it. Tim, welcome to the show, my friend. I've, no <laughs> I've known you for a while now. This is the first time we've gotten you here on the podcast. What's up? Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I feel like I've been on one of your things before, though. Maybe not this one. Um, really? I don't know. I'm an I'm a old dude, so my memory, I don't know. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? <laughs> You've, we've done videos with you. The last time we show, saw you was at SHOT Show, and uh, mm -hmm. we, we got to see the uh, the 22LR Chris Vector. Yeah. So that was cool. We got to, uh, we did some videos, or a video with that. So what's going on, man? Where are you at? Where are you you're in California? We're in Southern California, yeah. All right. How's everyone Orange making? County. Orange County. Okay. Zombie virus taking over there or You know, I hear a lot of talk about it. I'm not personally worried about it. No one's sick in the office as far as I know, so oh, okay. It's not a, not a huge deal. Yeah. Not a huge deal yet. I don't know. Yeah. As a so <laughs> Yeah. Just you know, I don't know, knock on wood. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever it is you want to do over there. As a manufacturer, do you guys have any like special things that are going to go into effect, or? Uh, no. I mean, we we've really cut back on our travel. I've, uh, I've I was supposed to go you know all over the place after Shot Show to do more media for the twenty two. It's kind of our new gun that we're releasing, but mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those trips got canceled. Um, I'm really waiting to see what's going to go on with the NRA annual meetings. I haven't heard anything from the NRA about it, but uh, mm -hmm. word around the uh, the industry from some of my uh, you know other marketing uh, counterparts at other companies says that there are big companies planning on maybe not attending or reducing their footprint or something like that. So oh. I don't know. I guess we're waiting on something official to happen. Yeah. If anyone out there has any uh, rumors or whatever you want to spread, let us know about NRA. I don't know anything either. Um, but we'll definitely get into that here in a second. By the way, I forgot to mention the show sponsored by Harry's Holsters. Shout out to Harry's Holsters. Uh, thanks for sponsoring us. All the folks out there, as you guys are coming in, smash the thumbs ups, okay? We appreciate that. Share this. You know, you still got to help us share it. We still haven't gotten our Facebook page back. Um, Tim, our Facebook page got deleted by Facebook. Uh -oh. You know. YouTube, man. Yeah. They said that we... Not they, Huh? Did did you guys Not go? Through, did you guys go through something like that, or? Uh, I want to say not recently. Okay. But 
definitely a couple of years ago, we had uh, several. They didn't take the page down, but we got like notifications like, oh, your uh, audience. It wasn't sending out our stuff to anybody, basically. Mm. Oh, yeah. And they changed the age restriction or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but shenanigans. Yeah, it's been a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah. shenanigans for sure. Yes. Uh, like I was saying here, thanks to Harry's Holsters. Um, let me see what else I'm supposed to remind you guys of something. Uh, anyway, just share this, smash the thumbs ups and all that. <laughs> I'll try to remember everything I'm supposed to remember. There's no way. There's too much stuff going through my brain. Rick, is your six covered? What's up with you? And can Man, you just another there? good day. So I took your advice, right? Remember I texted you the other day? Can you see oh, what those are? Look at you. Yeah, point six socks. Got the No, so it goes it goes farther than that though. So I'm doing a Hank Strange against X Ring socks. Uh oh. Wait, so, X Ring has his own socks. Not exactly the same. They're not exactly the same, but I figured it'd be fun. You guys talk highly of these things, so I'm like, I'll give them a shot, and, and I'll do better than that. I'll put them in a freaking contest, see who wins. Oh, the the Mohawk versus the uh, darn Tufts. Okay. But one thing cool about yours, Hank, is it's got a six on there, and you know I like sixes. Oh, exactly. So that's a uh, that's. Uh, Ten points for me immediately. That's a bonus point yeah, for you already. Immediately. You're already, you're already one point ahead. Right. Okay. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about wool socks here, Tim. I don't know if you... You make socks now? No, no, no. Hey, I don't know. I don't make... I don't make socks, but I discovered... No, this... Uh, I discovered these socks called uh, point six, and they're wool. Like these really nice wool socks, and so I started wearing those. And hmm. we were talking about gear one day. I was talking with X-Ring about gear. And what's the name of the socks he likes to wear? What are those called, Rick? Darn Tough. Darn Tough socks. Darn Tough. Okay. Are they also merino wool? Let me see. Yeah. So they awesome. are. That's yeah. why That's why this is going to be a good little yeah. stupid test, really. Yeah. When you start to become an old dude like me, Tim, things like the kind of socks you wear matter. I mean, I I have you know those Nike Elite socks when I play basketball, but oh. isn't it kind of warm to wear wool socks? Aren't you still in Florida? No, but the, actually, it it helps keep your feet cooler. Believe it or not. Oh really? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's um it's some kind of sciencey thing, man. Don't ask me to explain it to you. <laughs> okay. Oh, magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll figure out what the science is behind it. But it is better. It keeps actually does keep your your uh your your foot cooler and the circulation mm -hmm. of air and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I found like once I started wearing them, I couldn't wear regular socks anymore. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Rick when he does all these tests, how that comes back. You know, I'll, I'll have to look into that. I usually just get I'm the cheap socks. Yeah, you're interested. They're not cheap. Let me tell you. that. Well, no, no, they're not. But they're also so. Here's the thing about it not being cheap, right? Um, they're guaranteed for life. Mm. For life. So the company. Yes, they are. What's that, Tim? The point six socks are guaranteed for life. Yeah. Um, are the tough? Are the tough? Whatever. Steel. Yeah. Darn toughs. Yeah, they're both guaranteed. I figured it'd be fun to just try them out. Yeah. Are you gonna do a Sometimes torture test? Just, uh, I'm going to do a wear test just to see. I'm going to put one on one foot, one on the other, do a whole day's worth of oh, whatever boy. I'm doing mm. for the day, and 
Okay. See how they do. And someone has to like smell your feet or something after that? <laughs> no, I'm going to ship those socks to no, you. you tell please me which don't. No, thank you. Uh-uh. No, I don't want any part of that. No, thanks. Uh, 45 Auto we'll says... Away. 45 Auto says wicks sweat away from the feet. That's what the, mm. the wool does. And, yeah. and Razor JB says darn tough, lasted many deployments, damn good socks. So that's from Razor JB. And he was actually out there, you know, uh, doing... Well, that's a special why operation. I decided to do this was, mm-hmm. yeah, J or uh, Razor JV is a badass man. Yeah, that's what I hear. He's cool. I've never met him in person, you know, but I know he knows a lot of stuff about me. So he's one of one of those guys. So and and he's always supportive and he's very nice. So there we go. Yeah. So we'll, we'll you'll report back to us on the uh, on the sock situation there. And let us know what's going on with that. Um, let me see. So, where what was I talking about here? We were talking about um, the coronavirus thing. I was gonna. I was telling everyone. I think yesterday that I'm going. That I was going to the broadcasting show in Vegas. That's been canceled. So, just so you know. So now, before I had a conflict, I had to go to NRA or the broadcasting thing, and I was like, forget NRA. I'm not going. Broadcasting thing got canceled. So now I might go to NRA until that gets canceled. And then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then, so what would you, um, so you, I know Iwa got canceled, right? That was the one in Germany. Were you supposed to go to that? Yeah, Iwa got postponed to September. And I guess it's going to be in September henceforth, so, yeah. Oh, from now on? Yeah, that's what they said. So they're moving EWA from March to September, and it's going to be in September from now on. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be before uh, NASGW is another big show for firearms, but yeah. that's more on the uh, the distributor, you know, business side of things. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, so that broadcasting show, they didn't actually cancel it either. They said that they are, um, you know, they are like postponing it. So yeah. You know, and then this this coronavirus thing that's happening is actually going to happen every year. So then no one's going to want to be around this time of the year. Probably not. So now every show is happening at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it happens. It'll be worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, that's a bit worse. Yeah. By the way, shout out to John Crump. He says, am I the only one disappointed that the pandemic doesn't involve zombies? Yet. Yet. Yes. People might become, still might get people becoming, uh, you know, becoming zombies. Yeah. And John Crump has the uh, Gunathon going on. Let us know, John, is the Gunathon still, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, I think. No, no, that's supposed to be after NRA. So is that still going on? Did you you know? What's a gunathon? The gunathon is something that GOA Gun Owners of America is putting on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to gunathon.com, there's a lot of info about that. It's going to be in Northern Virginia. Lots of shooting. Mm. So um, John Crump, you need to reach out to the guys from Chris. Let them know about that. Uh, My cousin used to work for GOA. Who? One of my cousins. Oh, okay. Okay. He doesn't work there anymore? I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's doing photography or something now. Oh. He's a pretty talented dude. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Razor JB says, I heard the election may be canceled. Sure. She's going to cancel America. <laughs> sure. <Cancel Razor>. It. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. They're not canceling that election. There's nothing. This is the election of the century. <laughs> every year they say that. Every, every four years they say that. What? It's the election of the century? <laughs> this is the most important decision of all time or something. I don't know whatever bullshit they're saying. Yeah. Um, oh, I allowed it to my Yes, that? absolutely. You could curse. We're pretty casual here. Yeah, you could curse. It's no, uh, it's no big deal. Okay. I don't what? Know. But this is rated. I can't have guns on here, apparently, so I didn't, want, didn't know if I could use strong language. Listen, so here's the thing that we could do. Here's what I do, man. This is my protest. I have I have toy guns. I, right. As a grown man, I'm, I'm close to 50 years old. This is what I'm reduced to. And for the YouTube people who are watching, because they do watch us, Tim, by the way. Uh, they do watch us. They deleted one of our videos the other day. This is a toy. See that? Um, and look, this works, too. Listen. <laughs> so there you go dual wielding dual wielding but yeah that's what i'm reduced to man this is actually pretty it's pretty pitiful that's actually kind of cool actually <laughs> i've got toy guns around that's me too but they're they're very realistic happened to YouTube. uh well i'm sorry uh yeah let me see what were you saying tim I said I've got toy guns around me too, but they're pretty realistic looking, so I don't want to risk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't throw it up there if we can't explain to the people. You know what I try to do now is if we throw up stuff, I try to explain this is a toy. Because mm -hmm. we actually so the video. Hey. What's up, Rick? This is more dangerous than what you had in your hand a minute ago. Okay. Uh. Okay. A wrench. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. They're really trying to Let ban. That, they're though. trying to ban our minds. See, this is the thing. This is the real dangerous. Well, maybe not mine. Mine might not be that. Well, maybe it is dangerous. Because yours is definitely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Is? If there's a bill to ban Hank Strange's mind, I'm gonna sign that. Yeah, my brain doesn't work so right, which probably makes it like. You extra. got one of those assault brains. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, listen, if the mind is the dangerous thing. And I think what they're trying to do is just control our minds. And, you know, it's, it's a silly thing, man. It's a silly, silly thing that YouTube is doing with this with this whole policy. But they actually so so I think it was uh, last week they delete or maybe it was two weeks ago. They deleted a video because in that video, um, one of the guys here, Walter, picked up. A wooden stock of a gun. Mm. No barrel was in the stock. No action was in the stock. Oh. Just a empty shell. Yeah, he picked up that thing, and then they said, "Oh, that, that's a gun." They deleted the video. I protested over and over again. They were like, "No, we saw a gun. That's it." So I kept complaining. I kept <laughs> complaining, and I made them look at it, and they're like, "Oh, that's not a gun." Mm. So we 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 got the video back. Um, I think that was episode five. Did you tell them it was a bunch of toothpicks together? Say that again. Did you tell them it was a bunch of toothpicks all glued together? No. <laughs> it was they, a wood stock, right? Yeah, it was. A, eventually, they realized that it was just a wood stock, but they wouldn't. When I kept saying to them, "You need to look at this thing and tell me." Where you see, and if you guys want to know, what they were talking about was at an hour and 22 minutes, 
into the video. And you can see Walter pick up a, a, a wooden stock. It's wood. You can see right through it. And they're like, oh, we thought we saw a barrel there mm. on that thing. So, um, they're idiots. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what's going on. And you, so with uh, social, who does this? Do you do the social media and everything, Tim? Or. Uh, not so much anymore. I've okay. delegated that to somebody else, but I still, you know, I'm still responsible. It's part of my department, but, okay. uh, yeah, we've got a, I was kind of explaining before we started rolling here mm -hmm. going live that we did have kind of an issue working out, uh, some, something with Facebook about posting guns and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, it hasn't really been an issue recently. I mean, uh, Facebook's just kind of there now. Um, mm -hmm. We we interact a lot more with Instagram because the uh, engagement's a little bit better on that platform. Mm -hmm. But they're still not super gun friendly, obviously. And they own uh, yeah they're owned by Facebook. An interesting thing I found out recently, and a change that happened recently. If you go on like the magnifying glass for Instagram, if you want to discover new content, there's mm -hmm. absolutely nothing gun related there anymore. Oh, they took every. Um... Well, it's like generally that page is is. Um, you know, populated with things that you're interested in. So mm -hmm. I look at gun stuff all the time. I look at car stuff all the time. You know, racing and stuff. That's the type of stuff that I'm Oh, interested is that why in. whenever I look there, there's ladies always popping up in that thing? I'm like, how's that exactly. happening? Yeah. Exactly. That's how Lola's going to bust me. <laughs> <laughs> now the knows. But yeah, I mean, obviously when you're looking at gun stuff, it's going to show you stuff that you like. But mm -hmm. they've kind of mixed that completely. Yeah. 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 Uh, Flying Rich gave us a couple of bucks here. He says, I thought this was pr to prevent live gun violence. Um, yeah, that's what they say. Mm -hmm. They're saying that the the whole point was to prevent someone from uh, like committing an act of violence while live. Yeah, there's no... Uh... I'm sure there's no data to back that up. Yeah, there's no, there's no way to do that. But the way that they decided to go about it was to go after guys like myself that they know that go live all the time and then that we're gun guys and then watch us. You know, uh, and that's how they figure they're going to stop people who want to do something really bad. Well, they can't stop it, but they can probably stop the broadcast after that uh, New Zealand dude went crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's going to work. Uh, let me see. Okay, John Crump also says, can Matthew get a shout-out so he will do his homework? Okay, hold on one second. This is let me. This is really important business, Tim. Hold on, I'm gonna go. Okay, listen, Matthew. Here's your shout out. Take your little butt and go do your homework <laughs> right now. All right. So hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> don't just do it. Get an A. Time on it. Yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's gonna work. Uh, let us know. You're if gonna that grow up old men like that. Yeah. Let us know if that. Uh, if that worked out there, John. Okay, so listen, Tim, let's start from the beginning. Why don't you tell the folks, like, um, you know, how how you came to start working for Chris Vector. Give us a little background, you know, how you came to start working with the company and what exactly you do over there at the company, in case, in case they don't know. I just know you as Tim at Chris that, you know, I always harass. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah. Uh, well... I started actually, the story goes back many years ago when I was doing uh, airsoft stuff. So I worked at an airsoft retail store here in uh, Southern California. And this was also back in when YouTube was at its infancy. So YouTube kind of started in 2006. And in 07, I started the YouTube channel for my airsoft company. And it kind of blew up and, and, and did really well there. 
Um, and then I started, um, I actually started driving. I started racing a lot and I joined the, the BMW car club of America cool. out here in SoCal. And then there was the CEO of another airsoft company that was a part of the Porsche club. And so we would, you know, talk shit back and forth because that's what guys do. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we kind of got to know each other that way. Um, and then I always, you know, kind of looked up to him. He's a real smart guy, a great business guy, a uh, great business mind. Um, but since technically, uh, I worked for a customer of his, he didn't really want to like poach me because, you know, there was a relationship there. Mm-hmm. But when he actually moved over to Chris is when I was offered the job there. So, you know, because he wasn't really in an industry anymore, it was a little bit more kosher for something like that. Then uh, that's kind of how I, I got my my foot in the door here at Chris USA. So you know, it kind of started with marketing airsoft guns, down marketing real guns. Coincidentally, we've come full circle. We also make airsoft versions of our of our real guns. So we've got the airsoft Chris Vector, which is actually manufactured by us, you know, in house. So uh, I'm kind of still doing airsoft, but also doing real guns. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the the short version of it yeah you'll probably never escape airsoft him you'll never you'll never get away probably not i mean it's kind of fun i know a lot of the gun guys kind of like sneer at it but you know it's the guns are cool you know if you're you know like me i was too young you know when i first started getting into airsoft Mm -hmm. i couldn't own a gun i was only 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. years old Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the primer and you know it's it's got a place I think you know it's it's a pretty useful uh, safety tool. There's a lot of guys out there that are using airsoft as a training uh, uh, a vehicle for training for you know gun safety and manipulation and you know just the basics and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say who like, which gun guys uh, snare at airsoft stuff. I don't know because I think it's a it's a it's an entry there, level man. really okay. It's it's not probably not as much these days, mm-hmm. but I, I can remember you know maybe five ten years ago or so airsoft wasn't as popular. Plus, I think most people their their first experience with airsoft may be the stuff you see in Walmart or Kmart or mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And those are generally like the entry level like low ring guns on the market. Mm-hmm. But uh, the airsoft company that I worked for um, and the guns that we make they're they're on a different level than the stuff you see in the big box stores. You know they're made out of aluminum. They're CNC machined. In in many cases they're made in the same way that firearms are made. Mm-hmm. So when you pick it up, it actually feels like a gun. And that's where you kind of get that training aspect of it. And you really kind of get the, the fit and feel for it. Yeah. And I think also, I know not um, not the big budget movies so much, mm-hmm. but a lot of movies are using airsoft, yeah. right? Because yeah. they look so Definitely. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to get an airsoft gun on set. The safety liability is not, uh, not nearly as high. You know, and even a blank firing gun is, is a pretty dangerous thing to have on set because of the noise or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if there's guys out there, like I think, first of all, as dudes, right, from the beginning, we all, like, what was, our, what's, what was your first gun that, uh, you know, as a kid? Because mine was, mine was this. Yeah. <laughs> mine was, my, mine was like my hands. <laughs> I had a lot of Nerf guns as a kid, so you know my mm-hmm. my gun ownership started very early on with Nerf guns, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about or actually, Super Soaker? That super was a, that so- was Super Soaker. Yeah. What about you, Rick? Uh, what was your first uh, like entry into guns? Mine was a Marlin Model Six Twenty Two Long Rifle. Oh, so you started with live ammo. Yeah, I grew up on a large piece of property, and basically from the age of six, I was 
in charge of making sure the ground squirrels weren't going to run havoc all over the mm. properties. Oh, okay. Is that Marlin Model 60? Is that the bolt action 22? Or is that the semi-auto one? No, it's a semi-auto two-fed. Oh, semi. Okay, two fed. I still have that gun actually. Oh, okay. So, yeah. um, so you never had any toys, huh? Great gun. Never had any toy guns. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did, but. But he got the it was real. Basically, gun. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. It was out in the middle of nowhere. You mean? Yeah, you didn't have to worry about much, you know, and. Mm -hmm. That's basically what I did. I I would get home from school and I'd go have fun and shoot targets or ground squirrels. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't have that. My first like toy guns were uh, cap guns. So a long time. Oh yeah. yeah. I had some cap guns. Yeah. As a kid too. Like and back in the days they had the cast iron, the really heavy. You could knock someone out with those things. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I had the yeah. Horn. I had a little. No, I did. Plastic. I did have oh. the shape. You did have one. I have lost. I think there's. I think there's a, like a delay. Old, uh, Rick, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I'm in the X-ring layer. It's some. It's not the fanciest Wi-Fi, so I'm right. sure we probably have something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but the rolls, the rolls of those, we would kind of skip the gun and use a hammer or a large rock and make some noise. Yeah, on the on the uh, cap, the the cap rolls. The, yeah. Yeah, the little cap. Yeah, like the little black powder thing. Yep, that that was what. Uh, so I remember. Um, so when I was a kid, I lived in England, right? I think I lived in England from when I was about five to eight years old. And every day when I went to school, my uh, mother would give us money, me and my uh, my my brothers. And mm -hmm. that's supposed to be for candy. But my older brother convinced me to use all that money to buy those rolls of uh, the caps. I, I'm not sure exactly what that's called. I can't remember. I'm assuming, you know, the little cap rolls that you put in the cap guns, right? Uh -huh. So he convinced me to buy all of these, and we stockpiled it, okay? And then he got, we got our hands on some wire and some batteries, and we're experimenting on the bed, putting all these things together, and blew up the bed. <laughs> Started a fire. Is that why you don't? Is that why you don't have hair on the side of your head? I I got so many lashes. Like my mom would give us lashes, take a break, go get something to drink, come back, yeah, give us tired. more lashes. Yeah. So I mean, I I always remember that, huh? The very first firearm that I ever fired was actually a Marlin um, Bolt Action 22. I'm trying to look for the model of it though. My my grandfather was the one that taught me how to shoot, and then that a Marlin bolt action was the the first gun I ever shot. I don't know. I thought it was the Model 60, but it's not. It was a tube fed bolt action gun, like like your Model 60, Ray. But mm. it was a bolt action instead of semi. Yeah, Ray. What was? Uh, do you remember? Was there a bolt action one? Do you remember? You talking to me? Yep. Was there a bolt action one? There yeah. probably was yeah. a model of that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, someone out there will the know. Model. Yeah, someone in the chat, if you know what the bolt action Marlin was that was tube fed, let us I think know. it's called the XT. Well, yeah, that's what it's called now. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it was a bolt action, and my grandfather bought that in like 1946. Oh, wow. Right after he got back from World War II. Oh, and wow. So, mm -hmm. uh, so is yeah, that still in the family it, or no? Yeah, he, he gave it to me recently, actually. Oh. <clears throat> okay. 
So I have that gun, the, the first firearm I ever I ever fired, but I have to go home and look at it. I can't show you now because obviously we're on YouTube. Yeah, but. yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, so, so guns have been in the family for a long time. Uh, kind of. Like my grandfather, you know, he was a... Uh, uh, he was a more traditional guy, that's for sure. But my dad never got into it, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't think any of his brothers really ever got into firearms either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my grandfather—he grew up, you know, he, he had a farm, so you know, I had to shoot coyotes and stuff. Otherwise, they'd kill the chickens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a way of life. But yeah. my dad was a, a city kid as soon as he could move out. <laughs> oh, okay. So your family's yeah. been in California for a long time, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've lived here my whole life, in different parts of California, but yeah. ultimately ended up back in the LAOC area. Oh, okay. I mean, how mm-hmm. does it how does it feel? Because California has changed. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. How does that feel like coming from a, you know, an old California family to uh-huh. see all the changes? I mean, California used to be the Wild West, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. In fact, my my grandfather's brother, I think, he still owns the cattle ranch that. You know, they bought years ago when when they moved here originally from. Uh, I can't remember where my grandfather's family's from. I want to say like Texas or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, it, it's only something that's really as far as like the political landscape that I started paying attention to recently, mm-hmm. like within the last I don't know ten years or so. You know, once I kind of became an adult, mm-hmm. started making money, and all of a sudden I see how much I'm getting taxed, and I'm like, yeah. I left there five years ago. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. 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 So, Rick, you. Uh, I was in real estate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that I again. I still work out there. Oh, okay. I said I had to leave there five years ago because I, I couldn't take it anymore, but I still work in Riverside County. I fly back and forth. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. he's right up the street about an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on traffic, it could be four weeks. So let me get this straight, Rick. You so you're also from California. Your your family's from there, going back a couple of generations. Yeah, all my family's in California. I moved to North Carolina five years ago to get away from California, mm-hmm. just for the fact is I I enjoy shooting and uh, and if you want to shoot competitively, have fun, actually live in America, you got to move out of there. And I don't mean in a disrespectful way. Just I got fed up with all the bull. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get, you know, you couldn't get. Uh, I think there's like 10 million gun owners or something or something like that in California. It was a huge percentage, and you couldn't even get 100,000 signatures to, you know, to try to push something off a ballot. So mm-hmm. the people that do shoot, they don't give a crap about their Second Amendment. And I don't mean everybody. Obviously, there was some, but we could never win anything. And uh, I, I got fed up with that. You know, between 10-round magazines and now they're doing, you can't do lead indoors. Or I don't know if that got pushed and is completed yet. Rich, you probably know, but uh, it's we'll ridiculous. It just introduced, so we'll see. We'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Rick, what you do is, so you're still working in California. But you live in, in North Carolina, so you can, how the hell, how does that work? <laughs> how do you... How do you commute well, back? Do you have a private work, jet, or how, what are you doing here? I borrowed the Hank Strange one. Oh, okay. Um, I would like it back, no, so I, I could actually I work, use I work it. For, <laughs> yeah, you can have it back. Uh-huh. Um, I worked for a fire department in Southern California. 
Okay. Uh, I'm on my 30th year there. But um, basically, I work out there eight days. So I fly in a day early. I work eight days, and then I fly out uh, that morning I get off. And then um, I have 16 days off. So hmm. I'm here in North Carolina for 16, which is really 14 because I have two flying days. Work my eight days and fly back and forth. Oh, okay. How long do you have to do that? Um, I could I could be done now. I got 30 years in. I did uh, 10 years with the state of California, mm-hmm. and now I work for a, a local agency for the last 21 years. So I got 31 years in. I'm, I'm basically done. It's just a matter of figuring out when I want to retire. Okay. I'm trying to design another fire station right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to leave in the middle of it. So I don't. I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Plus, you know, you got to get money to get guns. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah, exactly. that's important. <laughs> that's an important thing to do. Um, oh, hold on a second. So I don't know if this is what you're looking for, Tim. Elster's Rifles and Reloading says Marlin bolt action 81 DL and 81 D bolt action tube fed. So it might be it might be one of those eighty one DL and eighty one D. Um, yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty intense, man, to be traveling back and forward like that. So it's it's it traveling sucks. I hate it. I like being with the guys when I'm there, uh, but I like being home just as much, maybe even more. But the flying part is horrible. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I do want to retire sooner than later i don't have an official date yet i haven't given the fire chief so mm-hmm. okay i got a good gig going I'm getting sick flying yeah yeah going back and forth could be a thing um let's see yeah i'm trying to see um R- flying rich is telling us there's a there's some kind of news about airsoft that mm-hmm. uh Something in in New York with uh what is this uh NYPD bus guy for airsoft, so oh yeah yeah people using times yeah. I think the Marlin eighty one D is it I'm looking at photos of it. it looks very similar okay hold on let me look this up let's see if I could pull yeah. that up Marlin got a Woodstock two wheeler magazine eighty one D bolt action that's got to be it man I think you got it let's see who was that that was Elster? Elsters yeah Elsters Thanks for the tip, buddy. Did you have a? Did you have a? Um, did you have a optic on there or just iron? Yeah, yeah. My grandpa had an old Weaver um, fixed four times scope, I think, on there. It's not super clear by today's standards, but I actually I took that gun out and I fired it um, recently to to re-zero everything in at about fifty yards or so. It's mm-hmm. still pretty accurate. I think it'll probably put all. All my shots on a playing card or so. Oh, okay. It's not like a rifle, but it, yeah, it'll it'll hit something. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's like a cool. I don't have any of those things. I wish I had even those cap guns that I had when I was a kid. Right. Because those are illegal. Yeah. You can't have those now. Like, cap guns, you can't. Not have? the not the realistic looking one. Not the metal. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all orange and plastic. That's yeah. Nice. Everything has to have these little orange tips on it now. Those things, no man. Those things look pretty real. They were like sing. I remember they were single action, like the uh, the. Oh yeah, like cowboy guns. Yeah, like the cowboy guns and stuff like that. I wish I had. I wish I had those. And I do. They. I think they're still out there, but they're all collectible. Mm. 
you know, so um, they have a lot of value, but I don't have any of those things. My kids, I got them uh, Red Rider uh, BB guns. Those were their first. I have a Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> yeah. That was my BB gun, too. That's an American tradition. You got to get that for your kids. Right. You know, that's. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's from uh, Christmas Story, right? Uh, you shoot your eye yeah. out. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I got my kids those, and guess what they did? Shot shot out a bunch of windows. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Lola was so mad, man. They were, yeah. I'm just. Do you guys live in an area where you can go out and shoot a BB gun safely, or are you guys kind of yeah. in the in the suburbs? No, I live in the country, and I've got six acres, and um, I have a range. My range is on my property. I showed mm-hmm. my kids the range and everything, but you know, boys. They'll shoot windows yeah so every time they would do something wrong like that i would take it away from them give them lectures and the whole thing before i would even let them uh get into guns and um you know they they eventually they just started learning all of those things so Mm. you know and now they're a lot more responsible but when when you're boys i guess you can't you know you gotta do some stupidness we just got lucky that no one shot their eye out you know? Yeah, and and I know because we were talking about this in the news a couple of months ago. A BB gun, like there, I think there was a kid that got shot in the eye with a BB gun and died. What? Yeah, wow. that I'm pretty sure that was on the news. Um, I would have to look it up. Okay, here's the story. What, what, oh no, you don't want to go to okay. lovely lady. Oh, <laughs> okay. Why are you sending me the story? Because he sent it to me oh, when I looked okay. at it. That's not the story. Oh, okay. You know what? It's story. almost safer to get your kid a pellet gun. I Googled the story. A uh-huh. pellet gun doesn't ricochet like a BB gun does. It's mm-hmm. true. Okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. That Red Rider gun's so much easier to load, though. You know, because you just pour the BBs in. It's just a lever. Mm-hmm. Pellet guns are pain in the okay. butt. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, I think uh, those Red Riders are classic, man. I'm sure... I don't know. Sometime uh, the the way that everything's going, who knows? One of these days, those will become illegal. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean. Well, the best not. part is they're child safe if the kid's too small because you can't crack the, you can't yeah. crack it back and rack it. Yeah. So here's what Elster says. He says, "What's cr- now?" He's. I think Elster's is from Wisconsin, right? He's from Wisconsin, I think. Uh, he says, "What's crazy? When I was 15, my dad was cool with me having an SKS." Used to walk through the backyards of my neighborhood to go out to the woods to shoot. Bayonet and all, no SWAT was called. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I grew old, up. Yeah, Not with the SKS, but I had this huge amount of hill to go adventure all day long, every day. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see me. As soon as, as, soon as I walked home from uh, the bus getting mm-hmm. dropped off, It was I was gone till nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. In the olden days, uh, people also didn't worry about their kids that much. True. They really did it. Well, if your kids running around with a gun, you really don't got to worry about them. <laughs> no, but they, <laughs> it's not just that. The parents did. You know, it's not like us. Like you, you've got. Do you, you've have kids now, right, Tim? You have kids. Yeah, my son's fifteen months old. Fifteen. Oh, look at that. He's still yeah. baby. <laughs> He's still that's a baby. The, yeah, that's the that's the best stage right there, man. Enjoy that, by the way. Because the older yeah. he gets, yeah, how to freeze that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, right now, right now, you're his whole world, man. I remember that with my boys, and then when all of a sudden, uh, hormones kicked in, they became teenagers. Don't know me anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dad, you're that's not cool. I, yeah. Not right now. Hank, I got two of those you can have if you want one. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I've got a tough time dealing with mine, man. Now i got to buy them cars and all kinds of crazy stuff. What's up, Lola? Is Lola going to jump in and say hi? Yeah. No, Lola's uh, she's harassing me about something over here on the side. Yeah. So, it's you know, if you ever look at the movie Goonies, do, do you guys mm-hmm. ever see that movie Goonies? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I grew up in the in the 80s like that. I was like in that age category and all that mm-hmm. stuff back then. That's how the world used to be. Your kids used to be going all over the place, finding treasure, <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff. Parents didn't even know. You could go You could go on a whole adventure, come back home. Their parents didn't even say, hey, how was school today? Yeah. You know? They didn't care. As long as they didn't get called by the principal mm-hmm. or one of the neighbor moms, you're, yeah. you're good. Yeah. So let's, uh, so let's go back to Tim here. All right. So... You uh, grew up in California, grew up with guns and all that kind of stuff. But you were, you were, you said you were doing airsoft and driving cars. So you're, are you still, you're still mm-hmm. a car guy, right? Still into the cars? Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I sold my race car a while ago. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's very expensive to race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that I can't, but you know, having a family now, you just have other responsibilities in life. So okay. I'll get back into it one of these days. Okay, so what are you like a minivan? Are you in minivan territory right now? No, what are you talking no, about? We kind of, I refuse to buy a minivan <laughs> or, or a unless it's going to be a cool like off-roading thing. No, I still have a, um, I still have a two-door coupe that I you know struggle with the car seat to get in and out of the back. Okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are real cars, two doors. I am not a fan of four-door cars. Yeah, well, we have. I mean, my wife drives a a GTI Volkswagen GTI that has four doors, so mm-hmm. that's kind of the the family car. But mm-hmm. it's still kind of fun to drive. So yeah. yeah. Are you into any specific kind of cars, or just all kinds of cars, or BMWs? Since that's what you're uh, racing. BMWs specifically. I I've, I've owned four or five of them at this point, and you know they're they're great cars, and they're not super duper expensive to own or maintain. That's kind of the thing that got me into it mm-hmm. um, when I first started driving, as I was doing all the maintenance and stuff on it myself. Oh, so okay. I had to pay a, a shop to take care of the car for me. So mm-hmm. um, you know, when when you're doing your own oil changes and brake pads and whatnot, then it's a little bit more affordable to own. Yeah, is that like a um, is that a California thing? Where first of all, I don't know if it's happening anymore, but guys are into cars and they work on their own cars because mm-hmm. you got you have to have a car to get around and you got to yeah. work on it because it's too it's too expensive i don't know i mean i it was something that always interested me and so i was always tinkering around with stuff mm-hmm. and so uh it, it made sense to me that i wanted to be able to maintain my own car and so having the basic tools to you know do your oil changes and stuff like that just made sense to invest in that mm-hmm. and then you know you, you start to you know the mystery of it becomes uh kind of you tear tear it away and you figure out you know cars aren't really that difficult to to work on so mm-hmm. you start doing more and more stuff to it so it was just something that always interested me and you know it, I, the, I guess a side result is that it saves me money by not having to go to a shop yeah no it, that's a cool thing i wish i would have worked on cars more growing mm-hmm. up i didn't um i didn't really work on it and then i started driving in new york city so oh yeah it's a little different yeah uh so which i guess i guess a long time ago in new york city people used to work on their cars but around my time it's like you know mostly you, it was public transportation did you, need, did you need a car in new york i thought uh, no you don't pretty yeah you don't mm-hmm. need a car but i got to a certain point where i didn't want to take public transportation anymore right 
you know. Right. So I just got like a used car and I just drove that into the ground until it fell apart <laughs> and then got another one. Yeah. You know, that's that's basically the thing cuz I just really got sick and tired of uh of public transportation in New York. It's pretty terrible. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I worked all the time. So working all the time, you know, it, it's just easier. Like I did night shifts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it was just easier to get around and do all those things. So I would like wake up, you know, in, in, on one side of New York City and then, you know, like mm -hmm. by the time everyone's going to sleep, I'm on the other side of New York City. So it just made it easier because when you take public transportation at like two, three, six o'clock in the morning or whatever, you're, um, you know, very likely to get stuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So just your license in New York City, that's you should get a special license to be able to drive in that mess. Yeah. I think New York, I think people from New York are better drivers if they learn if they know how to drive. There's people in New York that don't know how to drive, like they don't learn how to drive until they get like really old if that. But I mean I started driving I think oh, when did I get my permit? Around like fourteen, fifteen or something like that. Whenever's the like whatever the entry level age is for starting to drive. And I started yeah. driving like a stick shift and everything, man. I'm pre I pretty much yep. totaled a lot of cars. I think my first car was a, a Honda Prelude. Yeah. yeah. I totaled my first car, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you learn how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. So I totaled my first car, and then I actually I totaled my second car. Because they weren't, they weren't real expensive cars. You know, I bought... Um, my first Beamer was a 1994 3 Series, and it had like 200,000 miles on it. So mm -hmm. when I wrecked it, you know, the car was only worth a couple grand, so it didn't make any sense to fix it at mm -hmm. all. So, mm -hmm. you know, totaled, you know, use that word kind of sparingly. But after doing that a couple times, that's when I decided to start, you know, investing more in driver education, and that's when mm -hmm. I started racing a lot more. Oh, okay. Was it an M car? No, nah, it was just a regular old 3 oh, Series, a okay. 318. I didn't, buy, I didn't buy my first M3 for several years 2011 i think is when i started um really getting serious into racing and so i bought the m3 and then i you know tricked it out with a bunch of stuff oh okay okay <laughs> let's see if these uh old dudes over here remember what their first car was let's see come on rick what was your first car 1978 uh, model t uh, gmc caballero which huh. is basically el camino oh el camino okay that's cool i don't think you ever forget what your first car was no. do you it's a pretty you, you, pivotal thing when you're a teenager. You're like, yeah. yeah if you're a man, no. If you're a man, yeah. you better not forget <laughs> what it was. What was yours? We got. I see X-ring there. What, yeah, I heard the car talk, and I had to jump in, yeah. especially when I heard BMW. It was yeah. like he uh, yeah. X-ring also raced BMW. He raced four BMW, right? Was it you raced four BMW? Tell us what's no, your pedigree I'm, I'm here. Sure, I'm sure Tim's heard of uh, the BMW Performance Center. So I worked for BMW for 13 years as pressure professional car and motorcycle instructor oh, and that's cool. for AG, not for the car club or anything like that that's yeah. for ag out of munich yeah and so, no I, I i drive with the car club so that's that's more of like an enthusiast kind of thing that i used to do yeah. <laughs> do you ever go out to thermal since you're in yeah. california yeah i have been there several times yeah awesome yeah that uh that was a spinoff from the performance center that they have at the manufacturing facility right. down in Greer or greenville and so i remember when that opened up and Man, it was hard to get guys to go out there because it has it's that thermal. name. It has that name thermal for a reason. I, I worked out there in the fire service. That was you'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and mow the grass because you didn't want to be there at noontime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I usually if I get invited to thermal, I'll only go if it's 
not in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why is it, it so hot? Depends. It's just out in Palm Springs, man. It's in the middle of the desert, so oh, it gets it's hot. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Matt says uh, Z3 M3 wagon. You know, if I could have any wagon, it would be the old E60, the uh, M5. I love that car, that engine. That's just that's an awesome power plant. The E60. That's with the the V10 in it, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, when they went to the, when they went to the uh, F body, the F10, mm-hmm. you know, everything started moving away from. <laughs> You know, getting into turbos, you know, right. that that just changed everything. Because, you know, you no longer had a linear power curve or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember those first ones coming in. And, yeah, when that hits, it hits. It's explosive, you know. You guys. Yeah, are- I kind of I go back and forth about that all the time because I drive a I drive a two series right now. And it's obviously yeah. the, the six cylinder turbo. And I think it's a yeah. great daily driver. Um, yeah. But every time, so I sold my M3 to a friend of mine, and so he still lets me drive it every once in a while. And I'm actually, I'm going to take it to a, a, a CCA autocross event this this weekend. And every time I jump in that car, I'm like, man, I should buy this thing back from him because it's so much fun now, to drive. 2011 was that, that that was the V8, right? The Which one? No, oh no, no, I had a E36 M3, so it was okay. a 95. Yeah. yeah. You wish you still had that, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. No, especially yeah, since they're climbing in value now, it's a little bit hard. Crazy. To mm-hmm. The um, have you ever driven a M2 competition? No, that one's brand new. That one just came out. So I've got the, uh, I have an M235i, so it's not the M2. Okay. Uh, but I bought that in 2014. I think it was the first year they introduced it. But I've driven the M2 several times. It's 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 a great car. It's it's out of the box. It's so fast. It's it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Well, let me ask you BMW guys this question while I have you uh, here. Mm-hmm. Why, like, what, what is it about? I've never owned a BMW, right? But I know the BMW guys are super passionate about BMW. What is it? What's the thing about the Beamer that gets everyone so hooked? It's a driver's car, plain and simple. Yeah. It's just so well balanced, and it performs not only well on the track but also as a daily driver. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the the yeah the. The driver's car aspect is really the main thing, and also the value proposition. I mean, you, I was when I was shopping for a car, I was considering, you know, Porsche, other other makes. But when you consider everything, you know, not just the performance, not just the technology in it, and you know what you're getting for your money, it's it's really a great value, especially the, you know, the sport coupes and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean, being being a driver oriented car is something that I don't see. I don't see as much of it these days that I did because my my first introduction into BMW, my dad had an E33 series when I was a kid. And I always thought it was really cool that the cockpit was actually angled towards the driver. So mm-hmm. all of your HVAC and radio controls were angled towards you. And so you really felt like you were the one in command. And, you know, the car was really kind of designed for the driver. So mm-hmm. that was my first real experience with BMW. And it's kind of carried over from there when I started getting old enough to drive. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know if that's what a lot of cars are into now. I know the new C8 really just took that to an extreme if you've seen yeah. the new c8 corvette <laughs> yeah. yeah which i like it it's like an aircraft cockpit but mm-hmm. basically there's a wall yeah next to the passenger saying don't yeah, even there, there's not many there's not many cars that are designed that way and to get to get that kind of uh, attention to detail from you know what's what's effectively a family sedan my dad had a three series um, you know, four door sedan. It was still kind of cool to see that because, of course, you know, sports cars are kind of designed that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's why I, I think that BMW really hit, you know, the nail on the head as far as giving you that sporty feel to give you a really great handling car, but also provide the value for somebody that doesn't 
or can't drive a sports car every day. Yeah. So what yeah. do you BMW guys think about these ridiculous grills that BMW? Because these are the most obnoxious grills that I've ever seen on an automobile. Yeah. <laughs> on the front of BMWs, they are bigger than tractor trailer grill. What the hell is happening? I don't know, man. I mean, that's why, like, uh, that's why I like my E36, and I'm really. Uh, that's why I think that the, a lot of the older cars from the '80s and '90s and early 2000s are going up in value because they've kind of lost their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think about this, Rick? Uh, I'm, I'm Ray. Sorry. What do you think about? Uh, the small kidney grills are gone, but if you look across the board, I mean, if you look at the modern pickup trucks, if you look at any Lexus. It looks like the front of a freaking manta ray coming right at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're go- doing with the styling. Even like in the pickup trucks, they're starting they're to get huge. a little crazy with the front ends, and yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I, you know, they say it'll throw on you, but I don't like it. I think it's. Uh, I think they're trying to be aggressive because a, a couple of years ago, cars looked happy and smiley, and now every, now all these companies want their cars to be aggressive looking. Um, I know I'm I'm into Audis. And, yep. and uh, like, my Audi has a pretty uh, pretty big, it looks like a bass or something like that, you know? Just a, <laughs> like a what? A bass. Like a bass. <laughs> it just has this big mouth. Um, but, but I just, the craziest thing I've seen is BMW girls, though. They just don't make any kind of sense to me. I, it's well, it's the, like they're trying, to, they're trying to make it new and modern, but they're still trying to harken back to the, the old days of the kidney grill, like, it would almost be better if they ditched the the two kidney girls and came up with a new design, but yeah. then it's you lose a lot of that characteristic of your classic BMW yeah. styling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too. It's a you know. There's weird things happening. What do you guys think about uh, all wheel drive? Like this is why I'm into Audi, right? Mm-hmm. I like the Audi Quattro. BMW was not really known for that, but now I notice that BMW, Mercedes, and and, and other companies. I mean, always you had like Subaru and stuff like that. But now other companies are getting into all-wheel drive. What do you guys think about that? Well, BMW's had the X-Series for quite a while. You know, when they uh, started producing the X3 and the X5s and all of that, they're very, very capable. If you've ever been to the Performance Center and see what those things can do off-road, you really would be amazed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I used to do as my job is we would take all the competitors' vehicles, all-wheel drives, and they would have Volvo and Audi and BMW, and we would typically go cold climates and we would put on basically exhibitions we would let people get in the cars try to go up the roller ramps and all that but that all-wheel drive system is you know the subaru's got a great one i will not take anything away from subaru but the bmw all-wheel drive and the x drive they're very uh they're very capable more so than you would think Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of um a lot of people want all-wheel drive now i saw um I saw that like Mercedes, all their models are gonna, they're, they're all their cars are gonna start building all-wheel drive. People just want yeah. that, not just for rain and snow. I think people just like the uh, control or something like that from all-wheel drive systems. It's kind of becoming. Yeah, a I've never used all-wheel drive like appropriately, like off-road. But that is something that interests me, and I do want to build a build more of an off-road capable car because. You know, going to the gun range in a lowered beamer is a little bit tough. Yeah. You have to go these dirt roads and, and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Looking at some of those X vehicles, plus, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in the car industry that can help me get some parts for, you know, cheap or free. So that's always a, a plus. Yeah. When, yeah. um. You know, lift. Say that again? 
get a lift kit for that BMW, like a six-inch lift kit or something? I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it's, it's kind of funny. So um, You can make a Safari version. You can make a the Safari version. The new off-road version. trend now is to build, like, an overlanding car out of, like, a compact SUV, like a RAV4 or something like that, instead of, like, a, having a big honking vehicle. So, I don't know. I wanted to take, like, an X1 or even that... Uh, the uh what is it called the f34 3 series the gran turismo which is a really ugly looking thing mm-hmm. but they have it in x drive and like you said it's more capable yeah. than you think so you yeah. know lifting something like that and you know throwing a rooftop tent on it might be kind of fun to take outdoors sometimes yeah for overlanding. yeah i just did an overlanding trip right after shot show i went with uh wtf socal who has a channel out in california and he's got mm-hmm. this jeep that's just it is completely decked out. Uh, cool. You couldn't add anything else to it. And we went to uh, Joshua Tree and then uh, Anzaborego. We had a, we had a really good time. We spent four days out there, and it was an awesome trip. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I want to do is get off the grid for a little for a little bit for a weekend or so. So what I was yeah. going to say about that is, if you're really serious about doing overlanding, you probably should just get a jeep, right? No. You know, or okay, if you don't like Jeep, then you know, get a four, four get a to- yeah, Toyota Forerunner, man. man. Everyone's got Forerunners though. Have know, you ever true. seen a lifted three series? I like the guy. only one in the world. Because <laughs> <laughs> no idiot is dumb enough to build custom parts to melt that thing, <laughs> except for me. Um, have you okay? Have you seen like how? Hey, you're the guy that's going to be broken down on the trail, and no one can give you a part because you've yeah. been in some crazy yeah. shit. A Forerunner will be coming to save you. Yeah, exactly. Or a yeah, Wrangler or something like that. Um, also, you know what? There's some Range Rovers. I think like those Discoveries and stuff like that are pretty good. I know Range Rovers don't have a good... Um, Reliability reputation. Yeah, but you know, a lot of oh, people get... Horrible. Well, a lot of people I, get I the older you, used ones. They're horrible. And they don't wheel well either. I got stuck in the sand in one of those stupid okay. The problem with the Land Rover, and, and I've had a couple of them, is I turn my own wrenches, just like Tim was saying, mm-hmm. and when it gets to the point where it gets old enough to where you need to start turning your wrenches, you can't find the parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just go to the dealership and say, I want this. They're going to say, no, we're not going to sell it to you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now you're, you're stuck with trying to go to find a totaled one somewhere and pull parts off of it um and talk about losing money i don't think you can uh, maybe other than a maserati you're not going to lose money more than a land rover probably um there's a okay so uh, there's a certain point where you stop losing money <laughs> the, yeah. per, the person you <laughs> pay somebody to take it here's 30 bucks the yeah. person who yeah. first buys it maybe the person who second buys it or third you got to be like the fifth or sixth dude to buy but that there's Range a reason Rover. why it's getting sold. It won't run. <laughs> yeah, you've got to get that Range Rover when it's five hundred bucks. Then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can't go away. You can't go get any worse than that. Um, yeah. Okay. Elfsters is saying that I want a Cybertruck. I actually did. I, you know what? I know this is gonna sound bad. I did put. You put the on that one. I put. Did you put the deposit down. Yes, I put a deposit <laughs> on a Cybertruck. And if mm-hmm. um, if Tesla actually makes those Cybertrucks, I'm getting one. That's the only Tesla vehicle I've ever been interested in. Yeah. You know, um, just because it looks, come on, man. It's a, it's like for a kid from the 80s, that was the dream. That was the dream, you know. That thing yeah. looks so cyberpunk. Yeah. I gotta, it does look cool. I'm yeah. not going to knock it. Yeah. I wouldn't buy one, but I think it looks neat. Um, I'm, I'm that crazy. I'm crazy enough to to uh, do that. But I think I, I'm interested to see what it could do. See if we could put a machine gun or something on there, what we could do with it. 
you know, I With think enough money and determination, yeah. anything. Possible. Yeah, it'll be cool videos. Have you guys seen like how um, <laughs> Porsche is doing? Um, not Porsche. Porsche is not doing it, but people are making those Safari Porsches. Have you seen those? So basically, it's a Porsche, and then it's like it's it's lifted. It's got big knobby tires on it and roof rack. You haven't seen these? There's, there's been several, there's been several privateer teams that race like you know Porsches in Baja, like in endurance races. Yeah, are you about like a, a nine eleven off road car, like the Cayenne. No, like a nine, like the older nine elevens. I think they call it a Safari. There's, uh, um, and and I've seen that there's people. There's some company I can't remember the name in California that makes those for you. It's kind of like a California bug out vehicle that lots of dudes are you buying. You mean like a rally car? Yeah, it's like a. It's they call it a. I believe it's called a Porsche Safari. Let me see if I could uh, find this. Like you guys, I know the last I was at SEMA show last year and I saw a. Uh, quite a few of those um, and I was thinking man this will actually be um, a cool kind of build to do yeah it's called a safari safari Porsche so here I'll throw I'll throw my thing up for anyone who's looking so you see how these uh, these thing these Porsches look kind of jacked up here's a good one right there big knobby tires big wheel up on the on the roof of it uh, that's pretty cool I think that's cool so you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll be a nice build for you guys that can wrench. Yeah, but Porsches are so expensive. That's where I get back to the BMW being such yeah. a more even a even the old game. ones are getting expensive now because those are the most expensive ones, I man. I find an air cooled Porsche. It's ridiculous. I know, I know. That's true. That's true. So. But yeah, that look that look is super cool. I agree. Yeah, it is. So why not just do pickup trucks, guys? What's what's the deal with you all? I don't know, man. When you wanna when you wanna build a car, you wanna build it to be like unique and your own, you know? Like a lot of okay. dudes do pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. So that's why the BMW thing is it, that's gonna be my shtick. Okay. All right. I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm not a car guy. I, I could care less about cars. I'm more of a pickup forerunner kind of person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have four wheel drive, I don't want the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, a pickup truck is is very utilitarian. We've we've got one, and uh, Lola drives it most of the time, and she loves that thing. But also, she's very short, so she, right. she it gives her a sense of power. You know, when she's in a big old pickup truck, she thinks she's you know she's the king mm -hmm. of the hill, uh, wheeling around. So it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Yeah, huh. compared to every little guy driving their little car. Right? <laughs> Run them over. Yeah, I try to convince her to get rid of the pickup truck, and she was like, "No, I'm not doing that." So, um, and I've noticed, I've noticed uh, she's not the only one. But I agree with what you're saying, Tim, because here in in Gainesville, every other mm -hmm. person has a forerunner. Right. Yeah, including I had one, and that's one of the things that Lola was like, "I don't, I don't like seeing like driving down the street and seeing everyone driving a forerunner." Mm. You know, so. Like you know, you want to have something. You do want to have something different. All right, let's let's switch this a little bit here. I carry my revolver in single action. Says Hank, what do you think about Biden and the hard hat worker talking about the two A? Have you guys seen that? Have you seen this uh, this particular no, thing that happened with? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, basically. Talking to the workers. Yeah, so basically, oh, yeah. Uh, Biden was at one of the you know he was doing a uh, like a rally. And there was a guy in a hard hat that came up to him and said, you know, why do you want, why are you trying to take away the Second Amendment? And then Biden started uh, cursing him out and telling him off. 
you know, mm. calling him a liar, saying he's not trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. He's not trying to take away your AR-14. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that was the big line that everyone stuck on. Um, yeah, he actually endorsed Trump the other day too. Who? Probably the same day on a different uh, no. comment. Uh, no, that was fake news. That was fake yeah, news. Did he, he forget about it? No, 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 no. That <laughs> was fake news. That was fake news. Actually, Ray. That was. Or, or yeah, who said that, Rick? Yeah, that was fake news. I did. Yeah, yeah I think that um, someone in the in the Trump campaign edited video of Biden talking to make it look like he endorsed Trump. Oh man, those deep fake videos are so crazy <laughs> these days. Yeah. You can't even tell. But this wasn't. Yeah, this wasn't a super deep fake. They just recorded him talking and then edit out edited out something that he said to make oh. it look like that and then i think twitter labeled it you know like now twitter facebook and all these places are going mm. around labeling things as fake news mm. and a lot of stuff that's not fake news so if you post up something and they think it's fake news they label it i think that particular thing there was some editing involved so they labeled that uh fake news so but you know politicians i mean biden's gonna talk out of both sides of his face um I'm not surprised by that. To be honest with you, Trump talks out of both sides of his face when it comes to the Second Amendment, in my personal opinion. You know, um, I don't think he's all super Second Amendment either. Yeah. You know, um, they're, pr they're pretty close to being the same thing. Huh? I think if he's, if he's really going to push to try to do like... Uh, National reciprocity or something like that. It's going to be in his second term. Oh God! Here's the thing. I hope. I hope gun guys do not fall for the okie doke again. Please, gun guys, <laughs> don't do it. This is how. This is how gun people killed the suppressor market, right, Tim? I'm sure you you you, you saw this happening. Even though that's wait, not what waiting you did. around, waiting around for the uh, what is it the. For, the share act to go through yeah for all oh, suppress i remember this what was this like was this two three years ago that the people started the rumors i think it was suppressor companies kicked off their own the rumor that killed their own selves that oh you know what they're gonna take suppressors off the nfa you won't have to you won't have it to do papers. a rumor it was actually proposed and it was it was going through congress but yeah, I mean that was the thing. People were just kind of waiting around, like, "Oh man, if I, I don't have to pay two hundred bucks, then I might as well wait for yeah. it." So shut down, yeah. the, shut down the whole market. Mm -hmm. Shut down the market for suppressors, and then and 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 listen. I think it kind of worked that everyone went out there and voted Republican, and Republicans got uh, super majority. And then every time they said, "So when are you taking that stuff, you know, off the NFA? When are you going to give us reciprocity for CCWs?" And they're like, "Oh, just just wait until." Just wait until the midterms, you know, never yeah. happened. So my advice, so I want all of that stuff, by the way, if you guys, if you're curious to know, I would love to see that you could just go into the grocery store and buy a suppressor. Oh, yeah, who wouldn't? Awesome. Everyone, I think we were saying this before we came on air. Everyone should have a freaking machine gun. We're, we're, here, mm -hmm. we're here talking to Chris Vector. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. The absolute reason for machine guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Every gun should be a machine every gun. gun every gun should be integrally suppressed machine gun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? I'm all for that. But this, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fake gun. It's a suppressor in jail right now. Huh? Say that. I got one suppressor in jail right now. I just started. Yeah. 
But here's the thing. It's a big fake out to think these guys are going to do anything about that. Yeah. They had their well, opportunity and they didn't. It wasn't do. until after it wasn't until after um, the midterms when they lost the was it the house that the proposal went through for national reciprocity. I was like, man, too little, too late. Yeah, <laughs> they had they had everything. They had a super majority. We uh, we mm-hmm. gave them Trump. I, I I voted for Trump. Okay, even though I'm like I said, I'm not a super fan. I went in there, voted for him, voted all Republican down the line. Boom, Republicans are running everything. They went in there. No reciprocity. Yeah. No, uh, no suppressors for everyone. Everyone thought, oh, suppressors are going to be like thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. <been> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like a little for yeah. your gun. If you guys really want to know, I say do not, do not fall for that. Okay. If, want it? It's not a bad thing to want it. They should do that, but don't fall for that. Don't fall for that trick. Don't fall mm-hmm. for it again. And and basically, it really, um, I mean, maybe the suppressor, I don't know what you think about that, Tim. Do you think the suppressor market took off too much before that, and that's why it came it came down so drastically? No, I don't think it took off too much. I think, you know, mm-hmm. people started to realize how easy it was to get a suppressor. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, for me in California, it's, it's, a, it's a dream, right? And I can't even do it even if, you know... Even if I had, uh, I don't even know. I think I would have to have like additional paperwork on top of the whole SOT or mm-hmm. you know the tax stamp. You know, so at least you guys have the option to do it outside of Cali. But you know, I think the uh, mystique again, you know, was oh, it's just too difficult. So I think uh, you know, Silencer Co. and some of the other companies did a really good job educating the market. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, it's really not that difficult. In fact, we'll help you set up your own gun trust. We'll help you do this, <laughs> and then you know, became more accessible that way. Right. And plus, like I said, suppressors are just they're relatively easy things to make. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like silencing stuff, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's technology. Down. Yeah, yeah, the tech has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so um, I think that's the what was it? The uh, Hiram Maxim, the the, uh, the the first people to in come up with the suppressors. I think it was oh. Hiram Maxim. Someone will correct me on that, but they mm-hmm. invented the muffler. And then they yeah. invented the suppressor, basically right. a muffler, muffler for your car, suppressor for your gun. Yeah, the the principles are the same. About yeah. you know, I think well, I think it was one guy invented the muffler, and then his son or his grandson came up with the suppressor, right? Something like that. Someone will straighten me out. Someone will straighten, but for now I'm correct. For for now I'm right, until yeah. someone figures it out. Did you say now? Yeah, for now. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we really got to be careful with that and not uh, fall into that. Were you so at um, Chris? I don't know if you can talk about this, but at Chris, were you guys thinking about getting into the suppressor market? We make we make suppressors. <coughs> okay, you do. Okay, yeah, we make we make suppressors for our guns. Um, it's not something that we actively market okay. <clears throat> because we can't be as competitive as some of the other. Uh, oh, so I could. So it's not. Suppressor. So you don't just make suppressors for. Because, like, for example, at SHOT Show, I like to go to you guys at Media Day and mm-hmm. shoot up your ammo, Yeah, you know, and shoot, like, for, for machine gun, yeah. <laughs> suppressed guns. Yeah, that's, like, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but you don't make it just for yourself. Someone can buy a, a suppressor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, our, our guns are threaded, you know, just like other guns are, half by 28 mm-hmm. for our 9mm. 
mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, they're not made specifically for our guns. But, you know, when they're under development, we use our guns for the development of it. So it's kind of optimized for the Chris Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we make cans and, uh, you know, we do sell them. It's not it's not something that we actively market as, as much as the, the Vector does. You know, other guys make, uh, make suppressors that are a little bit more visible for, you know, yeah. for everybody else out there. Yeah. Um, Elfster says, Hank, it's Hiram Percy Maxim. So there you go. <coughs> Elfster, again yeah, with the he's, answers. He's a, he's a big gun nerd. God he bless him. He came up with the Jeopardy question. Yeah, you know, he, that's, it's awesome. So let's see. Um, and what is this? DCG44 says, Maxim called it a silencer. Mm. Okay. All right, there yeah. you go. There's some there's some kind of controversy about that where people get mad if you call it's like if you <laughs> it's like a clip you know mm-hmm. you ever, you ever yeah. see the guys that don't know anything about guns and they call the magazine a clip and then just gun guys are just waiting you know to to like uh, attack dogs to go after the guy who calls the magazine a clip. Um, which, by the way, you should be nice explaining that to people. Like, my uh, barber is a gun guy now, and when he first started getting into this, he, w- you know, he would call the magazine a clip, and I very nicely said to him, listen, I don't care what you want to call it, but these other gun dudes, mm-hmm. yeah, they will rip you a new one. So I'm doing you a favor right now. I'm very nicely yeah, I'm trying to tell you, don't call it a clip. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. The, the confusing thing about clip is that there is actually a feeding device mm-hmm. called a clip, right? Like yeah. your M1 Garand will, will use a clip. Yeah. So that's kind of the interchangeability thing. But yeah, the whole silencer suppressor thing, it yeah. doesn't silence. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I know. So that's. Mac did a video on that, though, and he basically breaks down how it was when, it, what was it, 1946 or whatever the year was they started that. And and it was worded like via, I think it was either uh, not the serial numbers but the uh, patent mm-hmm. as as a silencer. Mm. That's how that kind of originated. Oh. Now, I don't remember the year. I was just throwing one out there, but oh, Mac yeah. had video on that back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, Gun Doctor TV says it's because the word silencer is used by mainstream media um, to make it sound more scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what if they make it more sound? So then, what are you gonna do? Then whatever you go over to, they'll just make that sound scary. So I don't yeah. know. I, I yeah. I I get it, but well, until they can buy a louder, you know. <laughs> no, there's louders. There's louders. It's called a freaking uh, <laughs> muzzle brake. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like louder. The, the Noveski KX3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those things are so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you take that and you put on a louder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Quick is saying that Kevin uh, Brittingham started ASA when he owned AAC. AAC had a campaign to educate people on buying silencers. Kevin Kevin Brittenham is the is that the guy from Q right? From Q, I think that's the, is that the same guy? Someone will correct me on that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know all the cool people. The coolest person I know is Tim. That's about it. That's all. <laughs> that's the that's the only person I know, and he is trying to. He's been trying to distance himself from that from the beginning. So. <laughs> okay so listen let's talk let's talk okay now 
everyone out there knows about the Chris Vectors, you know, all the different calibers and everything. The new mm. thing is the 22. Yep. Um, we were talking about this a little bit, I think, before we got on air and maybe a little bit when we started here. Um, mm. What's the status of that? Is it is it available right now in the U.S. or not? It is. Yeah, we've been we've been shipping them out since uh, since Shot Show. Okay, so they've been going out, you know, slowly and surely uh, since January. So okay, yeah, you can go there and get one. We've got the two different models, the three different colors. We've got the the arm brace version and the carbine. So okay. yeah, they're out there. They're trickling out. Okay, so um, are you guys able to turn out a lot of them? How, how's the production on that going? Uh, yeah, actually, the the twenty two was a great like learning. Uh, experiment for us so we, mm -hmm. we really streamlined the production on the vector mm -hmm. uh, 22 and the things that we learned making the 22 are going to help us uh, make the the centerfire vector more efficiently so yeah we're able to, to crank those out pretty easily okay um <clears throat> so and then what's the what price level are we looking at i think it was like 650 um, yeah 649 is the msrp although i've been seeing them um, you know, the street prices is around or below 600 bucks, so it's, it's the most affordable vector that you can get. Okay, and then what kind of feedback are you getting from here inside of America and what's going out there? Um, really, really positive, yeah, so far. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's like I think I mentioned it, it's, it feeds everything real well except for those, those bucket of bullets, unfortunately. Bucket of bullets, <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yeah. yep. Just about everything else, you know, Aguila is feeding really well through it. I've shot a lot of CCI through mine, and that's worked really well. And so, okay. you know, the performance and the reliability is, is is pretty good so far that I've seen as far as, uh, you know, my personal experience goes. But the feedback from the end users is also pretty positive now. It's still kind of new, so we'll see what happens when guys start putting, mm -hmm. you know, you know, 10, 20,000 rounds through it in, in, in the future. But yeah. so far, so good. And what was your capacity on your magazines again? Because I know, okay, usually Chris Vector's use Glock magazines, but Glock, mm -hmm. for some reason, didn't want to work with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't, we didn't co-create co right. the mm -hmm. 22. So when the Vector, when the Vector, original Vector was developed, Glock had already been around. So that's why we were able to kind of develop the Vector with the platform mm -hmm. of their magazine in mind. But, uh, you know, they developed their 22. We developed our 22. It wasn't like a joint project or anything like that. I was just kind of being uh, being silly at your your shot show no. video, but no, yeah, I know. I mean, I wish they, I, I wish that you guys would have done something because one of the biggest complaints of the G forty four is the fact that it's just a ten round magazine. That's all we got. Yeah. Well, our magazine's ten rounds as well, but we also have a thirty round mag uh, mag coming out, and I don't. Oh, don't so have, okay, so that's I can't, I can't show you anyway. <laughs> oh, if it's not if it's not in a gun, we can show it, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't have one within arm's reach. But yeah, okay. so we have. Uh, when is that coming out? Shipping with the gun. Um, it was supposed to be this month, but mm -hmm. we're doing some quality assurance on it, so it's not really ready yet. So a couple of changes have happened. So once we can get it reliably feeding properly, then then we'll have it out. The next projection is that it'll be out by the end of April. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, there's lots of people right now in the chat requesting that you send uh, Chris Vector to them for them to test. I think I think uh, I think they're covered. On we've on. got uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put you on the list. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a lot of people volunteering their time for that one. <laughs> I think they're covered for people testing it. Um, okay, yeah. so you guys will have thirty rounds coming out. Yeah, you know what? It's too bad that you that somehow you didn't work with Glock on that because I think it would be great to have a, a thirty round. We were, I mean, we wouldn't have turned them down if they wanted to do something like that. But you know, Glock is. Fox a huge company compared yeah, to us. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're, so, 
Yeah. 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 And they made and they make the thing the the thing about the G44 I think is that they really didn't make it so much for America as for um overseas market, right? Um is that the same is that is that the same thing with you guys with the Chris Vector the 22? Did you really make that for overseas more than America and then you got surprised that Americans like the idea of it? Yeah, I don't know what Glock's motivation was. Can't speak for them, but yeah, the the overseas, uh, you know, the international gun market was definitely uh, a major contributing factor to us, kind of focusing on rimfire. There's a lot of countries out there where you can't own anything bigger than a, you know, two two LR. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the a lot of the overseas gun gun community is real ecstatic to have you know finally something that looks really cool mm -hmm. um and that's kind of where we we slid in there with our uh, dmk 22 also you know you have a yes. couple of those guns I'm, so i'm a fan oh. i'm a fan of that dmk 22 if you if you yeah. if you guys don't know it's an aluminum ar um but it's 22 right and works just like an ar has the same weight as an ar and the amazing right. thing is that it uses a 1022 barrel so you could swap right you can swap that barrel out, which we did, and we put in a uh, uh, integrally suppressed barrel. So we're gonna have more stuff coming up on that. Actually, uh, we just had to get the barrel working, like tweaked right. Right. That's the one right. drawback when you change the barrel. Yeah, 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 it is compatible, but it's not like a plug-and-play system. No. So it's gonna require a little bit of work. Yeah. But yeah, back back to your original question. Mm -hmm. You know, in, internationally, there's a lot of there's a lot of gun owners out there. There's a lot of gun enthusiasts, but they're just limited on their options because they can't have two two three. They mm -hmm. can't have three oh eight. But you know, twenty two LRs, it's allowed. And you know, DMK twenty two is a one of the best quality you know, rimfire guns that you can have. It doesn't feel plasticky. It doesn't feel like a toy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, DMK-22 does really well internationally. The Vector, um, you know, we saw that what the DMK was doing, and so that was one of the major uh, motivations to develop the Vector-22. Obviously, we've got a lot of internet trolls saying, like, oh, why do you have a Vector that doesn't have the Super V system? Well, you know, it's not it's necessary. just cheaper to make the gun. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. The, with the rimfire round, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. Um. Uh, uh, by the way, Rick, if you have any questions here on the on the twenty two vector, feel free to jump in. Um. I was getting people telling me in England that it's available over there, and like you mm -hmm. said, I think there are people in other countries that are very excited to actually be able to get their hands, you know, yeah. get their hands on this. Um. And I know there was some kind of show, and then this guy was telling me, hey, you know, these things are actually they're actually becoming available over here and it's great for, for those guys to get their hands on something like yeah. that that's not like airsoft right right um go ahead rick yeah i got a couple of questions the first one is uh how's california with having that company out of california are they uh do you see them pushing harder to try to get you guys out of there or they like the money that you generate for the state or you know because i know they're not you know great pro 2a kind of people i wouldn't say the state is specifically like after us per se um but well first of all the the office i work at is just a marketing and sales office all of our guns are made in, in chesapeake virginia um oh. and the manufacturing for chris has always been in virginia ever since the beginning um and actually there's there's a lot of gun companies that are in california or started here so mm -hmm. it's not like the yeah. i don't know it's it's a, it's a weird it's an interesting place to be. I mean, to think like Armalite was originally based out of Costa Mesa, you know, here in Orange County, you know, a long time ago, and they made the AR-15. You know, obviously they moved out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, so we don't really have a lot of guns here at, at our office because it's just kind of a business and sales office. The thing that's that's really kind of disheartening, and like we were kind of touching on it earlier again, um, I wouldn't say the state's like completely against us per se as a company, but yeah, the taxes are really kind of pushing a lot of business, not just you know firearms companies out of state, but a lot of people are thinking on moving just so they can keep more of the money they make. We've <clears throat> seen a lot of residents out too. Hmm? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then the the second question was, what is the what is the mag capacity for the twenty two LR Chris Vector? Uh, it ships with the ten round magazine, but like we were saying, it comes. Uh, we're gonna have a thirty round mag once we can get all the quality assurance stuff ironed out. Um, hopefully by the end of uh, April. Nice. <coughs> yeah. And by that was the, it. go ahead. No, I was just saying that was it. Oh, okay. Um, by the way, there was a comment here from James Lawson that I wanna—I don't want to forget uh, to get in. He says, I love my Chris Vector 45 carbine. Thumbs up. Thank you, James. Yeah, so there you go. Um, if there's any other Chris Vector owners, let us know. I know you guys also extend um, you extend the 9mm and the 45 magazines because I think you, you've, you've got an yeah. extension that goes to 40 rounds on the 9mm, right? Yeah. Yeah, we make a kit for okay. So the Vector's always been fed with Glock magazines, and you have to use the factory standard, um, you know, size magazine. And then we make a base plate kit mm -hmm. to extend the capacity. So we make it for the nine mil, we make right. it for the ten mil, and we make it for the forty-five ACP. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Someone here wants to know. Let me see who is this. Uh, Ewell Adams want, wants to know why so few rounds in the twenty-two magazine. Why so few? Yeah, I don't know. Why. Uh, I'm not on the engineering team. Well, and I think also probably <laughs> if, if thirty not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he's talking about the ten rounders, probably so that you can get it to more states and get it overseas, right? Yeah, there's definitely a, a marketing and business aspect to it. So you know, we we're still in California, we're still gun guys, but we just can't have you know high capacity, higher capacity magazines. So you know, making the ten mat ten round mag the default makes it more accessible. And, yeah. You know, we don't have as many SKUs or specialty configurations on, you know, the paperwork side of things. So yeah. that's why the 30-round mag is an accessory. The gun ships with the 10-round by default. And plus the flush-sitting magazine, for me personally, I think it looks better. Um, it's just kind of a preference thing. Yeah, I think that um, this is what you guys will see with a lot of companies. And, um, you know, it sucks. <laughs> There's definitely well, a way to like fix it. Huh? The Glock 44 and the 22 mag. It's like 10 rounds. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's everyone's number one complaint. Uh, yep. Yep. You know, you got to complain to the people who keep uh, infringing on the Second Amendment. <laughs> making, you know, making that. There's difficult. a couple of lawsuits going through California recently that are mm -hmm. that are kind of promising. So you guys heard about Freedom Week last year? Yes. Oh yeah. Who yeah. didn't hear about Freedom Week? That was insane. <laughs> yeah. How many magazines did you guys sell? California drained the entire country of their magazine supply. We right. could get lock mags to build our vectors after that for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, there's another case going through challenging California's assault weapon um, classification. Mm -hmm. So um, the same judge that ruled against the magazine capacity um, rule um, is, is overseeing or is going to make a decision <clears throat> on the California assault weapon classification. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic about our, our Second Amendment rights here in California and, and across the nation. Yeah. Um, you were kind of touching on, you know, the, the national 
political, um, you know, decision makers. But I really think a lot of uh, a lot of what affects our day to day life is what happens at the state level and the local level. So I would encourage people to pay a little bit more attention to what's happening closer to home. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, this is a tough, like, obviously you guys are Californians, right? So you understand mm-hmm. this better than I do. But e- even I can see that California, it's this weird situation going on there. For the most part, you're talking about a beautiful place, yeah. right? And there was so much that came out of California, not just gun stuff. There's so much design, development, and all that kind of stuff that happened in California. So many people that have deep roots and all that. And it's not as easy as saying it to just get up out of California, especially right. if your roots go if, if your roots go way back like that. And um, mm-hmm. at some point, we all have to fight. So like, I, I've moved around. The reason why I don't live in New York, we moved to New Jersey, the reason why I don't live there is because of this stuff that we're talking about. But ultimately here, living here in Florida, Flor- you know, Second Amendment rights in Florida uh, have come under attack and have been suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, so at some point we all have to get together uh, at home, wherever we call yeah, they've that. Been suppressed or silenced? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you from experience that the people at the time before I had left, at least, mm-hmm. they weren't willing to get off the couch and go fill out a petition. Mm-hmm. And, and there was petitions everywhere. There's people doing it at the grocery stores or the, in front of the gun stores and mm-hmm. all over the place, and you couldn't even get a hundred thousand people to sign that throughout the state of california yeah i don't think that's just california i would say that's happening in florida we have gun control that's in effect in florida florida is not really the gunshine state anymore um look at virginia so and even though it looks like things got turned around in virginia that's a small representation of the people that actually turned out there and i think this is what's happening around the country that most people are feeling very comfortable right now and really are not paying attention, even the folks who we think would be dyed-in-the-wool constitutional Second Amendment people, they're really not turning out and they're really not putting the pressure on the powers that be, people that we all abdicate the responsibility of this stuff to. So I think we're in danger of that all over the country. Yeah. You know? Um so I'm not saying like, you know, I know for you, Rick, you, you know, you're leaving California and you're doing that. I'm not saying not if anyone out there could do that, do it. But eventually where we run into, are we all going to try to go across the border into Mexico or something? Oh, no, that's even worse. Yeah. So you have to go through the government to buy guns in Mexico. There's only one gun dealer in Mexico. There's one gun <laughs> store, but that, yet there's a lot of guns. Weird. Did you say there's one gun dealer in Mexico? Would that be uh, United Eric States? Holt. uh that's the ghost one that's the ghost one (laughs) that's what happens yeah but there is there is technically one gun store in mexico Mm -hmm. yeah just one yeah you know so um we we're not going to be able to keep running here and we somehow have to convince more people to get up and pay attention to what's going on that's just a reality there's states now that were such strong gun states um do you feel do you feel 100 percent safe when it comes to the second amendment in north carolina um well there is a couple very liberal counties or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. that are like anywhere that are voting to the left and uh but luckily in the state of north carolina there's enough people that aren't in those big cities so mm-hmm. We're good yeah. as of now. 
Yeah. But no guarantees for sure for anything. Yeah. It's it's really the cities I'm not, that are I'm not the away for this kind of thing. I'm staying here. You're staying in North Carolina no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if if they start some nonsense there, you got to figure out how to get everyone activated. I'm not saying it's easy because I just don't think it's easy. Um, I think it might be easier to sell people the guns than to get them to fight for the right to have the guns. A lot of folks think, oh, if I get this gun, they'll, they'll never take it from me. They'll never try to take it from me. It'll be grandfathered in. Who cares what they do? Mm. Everything that they're writing now, if you guys haven't noticed, there's no such thing as grandfathering anymore. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Yeah. So uh, I think people need to pay it. People, I'm not saying like we're, I'm talk, we're like preaching to the choir here. Yeah. yeah. But it's the other folks. It's the other folks. Like when we talk about the NRA, we were talking about the NRA last night. There's still like 5 million or so people that 100% support the NRA. They have no clue that there's problems going on at the NRA. They have zero clues. Yeah. You know, when I go out to the show, I ride those buses with those dudes. They have mm-hmm. no idea what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing going they think we're doing a good job. Yeah. I wish they had in the time to go to GOA or something because, man, GOA is doing a kick-ass job for as small as they are, which is, you know, they're getting bigger by the, you know, minute, but they're doing an awesome job. They're really pushing for stuff where the NRA is not. Yeah, I think somehow all of us have to, like, do this. I think the big problem is if we're abdicating the responsibility of it to any organization. So I'm not trying to knock GOA or any other any of the other great organizations that are out there doing it, but it's all of our responsibility ultimately. We have to be the backbone. I think for a long time people just gave money to NRA and NRA was the backbone for politicians and then one day that all melted away. You know. Mm-hmm. And now when you have someone like um uh, Bloomberg willing to drop uh, half a billion dollars just to play around with becoming president, you know, and there's ulterior motives and things like I, I, I've heard that he set up offices. None of those things are getting closed. They're still going to be uh, using all of that as a network to push for gun control. So maybe that was even a way to like uh, do it and then write it off on the taxes, right? We're still face. We're still facing all of that. So it's going to take more than one or two or ten or twenty different organizations. It's really going to take like everyone every day trying to do something about it, which is not easy. You're going to get burnt out. You know. Well, like when I was in California, if you wanted to shoot at the range that was the closest to me, you had to be a member of the NRA. You you could not. Basically, when you filled out your thing for the year to pay for that, they either confirmed you already had your NRA number or you had to sign up for NRA to be able to shoot there. Yeah, it's a racket. It's like the mafia almost. It's weird how that <laughs> is. Yeah, it's like Teamsters. Like Teamsters. Yeah, Teamsters. yeah I don't know if you – um, anyone here ever in a union? Maybe maybe you, Rick. You're a firefighter. Uh, no? I worked for the state I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a Teamster at one point. mm that's uh, it's pretty much mafia. So that's not a that's Straight not up. a joke. Yeah. Straight <laughs> up mafia. Yeah. Um. John Parsons has a question for you, Tim. He says, "Uh, what is the round life on the Chris twenty two, LR barrel?" The round life? I don't yeah. think we've reached it yet. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm not sure what the upper limit of that would be. 
How far? Yeah, how far have you guys got some, testing? I have some of the guys that have done the testing. I haven't done the personal oh, okay. testing myself. Yeah. yeah. So you don't know how many rounds you guys have gotten to so far, right? Well, I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, I know we've shot at least you know one of the guns has at least twenty thousand rounds through it, but the mm -hmm. upper limit of when the barrel's going to go out, I'm not I'm not sure we've breached that yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick, do you have any idea, like, we usually, how long, 22 barrels? Uh, we kind of talked about this uh, j just off there kind of deal mm -hmm. um, the other day with the uh, X-Ring, but, mm -hmm. like, like that Marlin Model 60 that I have ever since I was, like, six, that thing, I mean, and without exaggerating, I can't give you the perfect amount, but that thing has... I'm just saying bazillions are rounds here, right? <laughs> is that, sci is <laughs> but that it's, scientific? But it's, a, but it's a round that's that's not smoking fast, so yeah. your barrel's going to last a lot longer if it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me. I got squirrels running around over here having fun. Oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Ray's like a squirrel captain, trapped in a cage right now. He's like all yeah, over the he's place. He's bouncing around. So um, mm -hmm. let, let me ask you this, Tim. The barrel on the on the uh, twenty two vector mm -hmm. is that similar to the barrel on um, on the Defiant? So in other uh, words, is no, is that a ten twenty two barrel or not a ten twenty two barrel? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So you're not going to have that kind of interchangeability with it. Uh -huh. Oh. Okay. Is there any kind of interchangeability with that? So you can you buy one and then foreseeably later on get a integrally suppressed barrel and swap that onto no, but it's threaded, so you can put a can on put it. Can. Okay. It's threaded half by twenty eight, so okay, yeah, okay, it's easy enough to to put something on it. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so and you so you guys aren't going to sell replacement barrels or anything. Um, I mean, we, we're always going to make parts available for the guns. Um, okay. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's really relatively uncommon thing to shoot enough twenty two LR to really jack your barrel up. you got to be doing a lot of shooting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, if you want to – so, like, if you get a long barrel and then maybe you, uh -huh. you get, like, you do SBR paperwork or something. and. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we do – yeah, we have the, the pistol version of the gun. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you could – feasibly buy a barrel or buy yeah or just buy the pistol then buy the pistol or just buy yeah buy the arm brace version it'll save you save you some headache of dealing yeah. with the etf or something like that yeah but uh yeah i'm not the the barrel interchangeability on the vector is not super easy it's it's you can't really do it without um, some specialty machining so anytime we do need to change the barrel on a gun we always have it done at our at our facility in virginia or if you know a gunsmith happens to want to take on the the job then they can try but it's not really a user serviceable item and i don't imagine the 22 is any different okay all right then let me ask you this then uh you know like within the parameters of whatever you could talk about here where are you guys going in in the future what's the future look like what are you guys developing for chris products yes um Hmm. I can't tell you guys what we're doing. Yeah. There's, a, there's a multiple things going on. I know recently, so you kind of like two different companies, right? You're with the um, with the regular handguns you guys are making, you're separate companies, and then I think everything's all one now, right? Everything's under this. Well, we're, we've always been one company, but we've just kind of divided all of our products into different brand names, um, you know, for the organization in, in that respect. So. Um, yeah, so Sphinx is uh, our, our line of handguns. They're kind of based on the CZ platform with the way the slide sits inside the frame. Mm -hmm. um, there's been talk about developing um, 
more handguns, uh, more competition kind of based handguns. Um, that's kind of where the roots of the brand kind of began is, is, uh, you know, through high end, very accurate IPSC competition guns. And then the, uh, SDP, what we offer now is more of a duty gun, mm-hmm. uh, more of a carry kind of gun. So there's, there's been talk about going in that direction. Um, applying the vector recoil mitigation system, or at least some sort of recoil mitigation technology to, you know, a different firearms platform has been talked about. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the vector is kind of nearing its, um, I don't know, its final form, or I guess you could say, you know, you know, we haven't really made any major changes to it, um, you know, since it was, since it was introduced, but, you know, like I said, we've learned a lot by developing it, by developing 22. And so applying what we've learned to different platforms and different calibers, um, is something that, you know, we plan to do in the future. I know a lot of people are always saying, oh, you should do the vector in 50 BMG or something or whatever, <laughs> something ridiculous like that, you know. Yeah. Um, 50 BMG. Okay. Well, there. The original, the original engineering for the Vector, we actually did develop a 50 BMG vehicle-mounted mm-hmm. um, prototype. So we, we've applied the technology in other areas. So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of maybe doing it, you know, for you know a rifle caliber or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. not confirming or denying that at, at this point, but I'm just saying it, it's been talked about. You know, did you just start your own rumors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just found one for your mounted uh, Jeep you're talking about. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's going on that be- that Beamer, Beamer truck, hey, you, whatever. You're, you're close enough to Virginia. <laughs> you can swing by and take a look at it. Oh, it's a, oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a big vault of all of the, the stuff that was developed for airplanes and, and Jeeps and trucks and stuff like that. Are you so. saying if I'm in Virginia, I could go by and take a look at that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, set up. Lola's family's from Maryland. You, got, you gotta leave your camera outside. I'll, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring you inside. You can't show your you can't show your fans. <laughs> no, but hey, uh, I still want to see it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, we've got uh we've got family in that area. Yeah. So um and we'll definitely be there for that gunathon. So. Okay. Unless it gets well, canceled. I want to be there with you. So yeah. maybe we we'll wait till this coronavirus thing dies, and then I can hop on a plane. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, if you want info on the gunathon thing, I'll maybe I'll tell these guys to send you an email or something like that. But yeah, who yeah. knows, man? Maybe they'll tell the gun guys to have the thing so the coronavirus could get us all of us. <laughs> Take care of us in one fell swoop. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so um, should we get suggestions from people on what Chris Vector should develop next? Yeah, I think that would be cool. I think that's what uh, you we, want to know. <laughs> we hear we hear we hear the comments all the time. Everybody wants it in their own in their favorite caliber. <laughs> right. But you've okay, you've done ten millimeter, right? Yeah, yeah, ten millimeter. Uh we have it in forty Smith and Wesson, although nobody buys that except for police. Oh. Uh, what about the ten millimeter? Are you selling a lot of those? Yeah, the ten mil is actually really popular. Oh. The ten okay. mil is super cool, especially because we have the uh the ten millimeter magazines that hold thirty I think it's thirty three rounds in the ten mil. Mm-hmm. So hmm. okay, so yeah. it's good to know that that's because a lot of times people say, "Oh, I want this. I gotta have this thing," hmm. and then you people build it for them, and no one buys it. Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always the thing, you know. We we have to weigh how much people say they want it versus are they really gonna buy it because it is a business decision for us. Right, right. right. So yeah. the ten millimeter, you know, ten millimeter has been kind of making a comeback, and I'd like to think that we're 
kind of helping that along too, you know. Um, I think 10 millimeter is just a badass round. I, I really didn't know much about it until we started developing the gun, and I started, you know, to research it. And uh, it's it's super cool, man. The ballistics on that are really awesome. So when are you making the 6.5 Creedmoor? Can I see? Yeah. Everybody wants it in their favorite caliber. <laughs> uh, I can tell you that there's no plans right now to do to do that specific caliber. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the vector, like you're saying, is, um, you know, that is a good uh, platform mm-hmm. to put some bigger calibers on, but still in yeah. smaller guns, something that right. you could tuck into a backpack, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Like 300 blackout or something. Yeah, 300 blackout. Yeah. Easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 300 blackouts been talked about. So, like I said, we we've got a lot of we've got a lot of stuff going on in in different directions, different yeah. calibers. Just blink, black. just blink like and, this, just blink yeah. like this, Tim. <laughs> and to give you guys the <laughs> <Yeah>. blink, right? <laughs> when you say the right thing, I'll let you. Oh know. yeah, just yeah, give I us a say. Oh, okay. So uh, everyone, right now, I just won't so, say yes or no. Yeah. but I'll say. What calibers my, are you I'm thinking, my, Rick? What calibers are you thinking? I was thinking that 300 blackout would be kind of cool. Yeah, 300 yeah. blackout. That's a good round to suppress. Sad, yeah. Short barrel be a good little entry gun or something. That's come down yeah. in price. Well, but that's why I was kind of mentioning that we're we're really looking to take what we learned with the vector and apply it to a different caliber and a different platform. So I'll tell you guys like. It, if and when we do develop rifle caliber stuff, it's not going to look like a vector because just the way that the mechanics works, it's not going to work to eject um, a shell that that's long. It would have to be an enormous thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like I said, throughout the development of the vector, we've learned a lot. So we've mm-hmm. got some stuff in the works. It's yeah. probably not going to be called the vector, but it'll be something. Yeah, something like it. Yeah. You know, seventeen HMR might be cool. That's a smaller. Still fast. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that, that's actually a lot of uh, something that's been coming out of Europe a lot, too, is that as soon as they got the 22 LR, they were like, hey, we do a lot of hunting with 22 Magnum. What about that? So that's something yeah. Or 5.7. Everyone's doing 5.7. I don't know, man. The more I think about it, I'm not super. Like, we just uh, we just took a look at the Ruger 5.7. I wasn't super impressed versus the, the FN 5.7. You know, obviously, there's the PS90. I've only fired a 5.7 once, and it was a, a P90 mm-hmm. machine gun, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. But you know, of course, everything should be a machine gun. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that might be that might be a good round because it is smaller, lighter, faster, um, and and there are there's more and more people now. I think developing 5.7 stuff. I don't really know if the market's really there for that or not. Um, mm, see, you know. I mean. The the main drivers for for people to buy guns is usually for you know hunting self defense. Other than that, I mean we are seeing a lot more people buy guns just because you know I think that we're one of the beneficiaries of that that mm-hmm. type of market mm-hmm. where you know, it's like oh I saw the vector in a movie or a video game and I want one because of that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and then they'll have it in whatever caliber is available. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Brian Quick says there has to be some hipster wanting to see a revival of 356 TSW. I don't even know what that is. No, Brian, you're the only one. Yeah. Who? The, okay, Rick, do you guys know? Does Does Ray know what the hell is 356 TSW? Ray probably knows. He's shaking his head no. No. Okay. We've got no. to ask Elster. Elster's got all the answers. Yeah, there you go. Elster will know. Elster will know. 
Uh, Yule Adams says 308. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Brian Quick also says 38 Super FTW. 38 Super would be cool. Yeah, yeah. That's very popular. Where's 38? 38 Super is very popular in Mexico, right? That's PSA. Oh, it's, oh okay. Um, Vector's going to a precision bolt gun on a 6.5 Creedmoor. Really? Yeah. Hold on. What happened? What are you talking about? The six don't don't believe anything that he's saying. Don't believe anything he's saying, right? I just want to raise eyes to perk up. I told him they're making a bolt, a precision bolt gun in a six five Creedmoor. Yeah. When is Chris Vector going to make a bolt gun, Tim? Uh, uh, there's that's got to be years down the road. Yeah. We're, we're probably better off buying a bolt company because we don't have any expertise if, in that at all. <laughs> if you really want to be sci-fi, go make a bolt gun. Yeah, yeah, that's how you do it right there. Um, uh, you guys, are, Chris Vectors are still in a lot of movies. Is that like the yeah. biggest marketing tool for you guys, being in, in, in movies, TV shows? Um, I don't want to say it's like a marketing tool. It's definitely something that you know we, we welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, you know we make the vector available. We work with uh, you know, like I said, ISS. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of movies are made, obviously, here in California. And so, yeah, um, prop houses, the big prop houses that existed before a lot of the gun rules mm-hmm. uh, came into effect, have all of the old permits for you know machine guns and stuff like that. So, um, you know, ISS is one of the bigger ones, and yeah. you know, hand prop was another big one out here that supplies most of the guns to most of the movies you see. Yeah. So we have a good relationship with them, and you know, yeah. we we get them parts and stuff when they need them, and you know, they're able to manufacture the guns when when they need to so yeah it's it, it's a cool thing but just because the prop houses have it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to end up in a movie so it's just kind of uh it just kind of depends you know we don't we don't pay for that kind of advertising mm-hmm. we don't we don't pay movies to use our stuff if the the creative direction of the movie requires something that looks sci-fi it's it's usually the prop house that will suggest something and then you know the director whoever will, will make the call or if they already have a particular gun in mind for a particular character then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's kind of how it goes yeah like but, if it was written so, in a story um, we've had Larry Zanoff from ISS on the show oh okay yeah and yeah. I've, I've been out to independent studio services amazing yeah. amazing yeah got a great collection yeah. of guns if you're a gun guy and you walk into that place you're gonna lose mm-hmm. it Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't. That's the biggest. Is that the? Um, they probably have the most guns in America, right? I don't know. There's that guy out of Colorado. Okay, there there is the Dragon Man, but he and he's got yeah. a lot of um, artillery and all that kind of stuff. Dragon yeah. Man. I went I went there also. ISS probably has one of the biggest gun collections I think in so. California. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah, they've got tons. They've got like warehouses packed with uh, mm-hmm. airsoft. Uh, not mm-hmm. non-functional guns altogether, actual guns, yeah. Um, yeah. and then I think they build they build stuff also. Yeah, yeah, they're a manufacturer as well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the ISS has been around for decades, mm-hmm. and so the permits that they have. I remember talking. You guys remember Richard Ryan? He used to do YouTube a couple years ago. Um, he was making videos out of uh, out of California for a while, and he was trying to get all of the permits for his explosive. Uh, whatever, and then in manufacturing mm-hmm. suppressors and stuff like that. And the way California works, in addition to your federal stuff, California DOJ requires you to duplicate that paperwork with the DOJ. Mm-hmm. And it took him years to get it to the point where he doesn't even really do gun videos anymore, so he does, it's not really useful to him. But ISS has all those permits, and so they're one of the few places in the entire state that can have suppressors, that can have machine guns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, we've got some uh, feedback on this 356T thing. Mm. Let me see if I can. All right, I'll get this up here for you guys. Uh, 356 is a Smith & Wesson developed cartridge. Did not catch on. That's from CloverTac. Mm. So there you go. Okay. Now you learn something. Um, and CloverTac also says there were a lot of vectors in one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Uh, they were bounty hunter space guns. Yeah, it's almost always a bad guy gun. I saw the, <laughs> the most recent trailer for the new Westworld, mm -hmm. and uh, Vector's going to be all over that thing. Yeah. I think, so the last season of uh, Westworld had a lot of uh, P90s and stuff like that. I, saw I don't know. I only, saw, I only saw season one, to be honest with you. Oh, I okay. Catch up on the second season. Yeah, I've just been catching up to the second season because the third season's mm -hmm. coming out. So awesome. Yeah, there's going to be vectors in there. Um, the vectors in a lot of guns that you wouldn't recognize either unless you were a gun guy because they usually dress it up with a body kit or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Cable's gun in Deadpool 2, you know, it barely looks like a vector because it's got a Thompson stock and a 203 yeah. and other stuff on it. Yeah, so this is from John Voorhees, and he he's a younger guy. He says, uh, movies and video games are what helped me pick out the guns I want to buy and shoot. Mm. Boom, there you go. That's true. And my kids know everything. Well, they think they know everything about guns. And they play a lot of video games. Because they use it in Call of Duty. <laughs> yes, exactly. You yeah. know? So they're always trying to tell me how I'm like saying something wrong or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, so CloverTax says the largest private collection in the country is the J.M. Davis Museum in oklahoma but that's a private collection and museum too so there you go um and uh let's see someone's talking about three uh 357 c do you make a 357 vector okay so we actually did begin the development of a 357 sig vector mm -hmm. but it never got completed okay and because the demand really wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Round's expensive. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but that's another one that's really cool. Once you learn about the ballistics and how hot it goes, it's it's a neat round. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that someone here would have come up with the round that you guys are developing. Come on, man. Yeah. You guys have to uh, come up with something. Maybe are you working on a railgun? You know? I like don't know. A Chris Vector that just shoots some kinds of discs or something like that, you know? Ah. Bolts of lightning. Yeah. yeah. You should be working, work with Elon Musk and help him mm. instead of that stupid flamethrower thing that he did, though it's quite <laughs> frankly embarrassing. But he sold. Shoot some lightning. Yeah, but he sold a lot of those. <laughs> you know, if that, if that, if that wasn't a scam, I don't know. I don't know what was, but, uh, that was that was pretty funny. Did you see the um, the flamethrower that? Nah. So um, so Elon Musk through the boring company, right? You know what they're uh, digging all those holes, all the tunnels yeah. and stuff like that, which I think is cool. I think that's cool. But to to raise some money, he developed a flamethrower, mm. and basically all it was was like a barbecue flamethrower, a barbecue starter, you know, with a little a little bit of gas on it. And it was like yeah. in a, it was in a, uh, the casing, the casing for the gun was pretty much like a super soaker kind of thing. You never saw the, 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 the boring flamethrower? 
No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look that up here. I'll throw if if you folks out there haven't seen that thing from Elon Musk, um, put, put a link to it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, here, let me pull this up real quick so you can I can uh, put this in the chat here and that you can take a look at this. It's uh, really insane what. Um, yeah, that guy's got uh, a lot of crazy ideas. No, this was just a straight up fake flamethrower. Oh, it wasn't even real. No, it. Well, he says he called it not a flamethrower, but still sold it for a ton of money. Oh, here we go. Okay, this is from the company. I'm gonna send you this so that you could take. I'll put this in our chat so you can take a quick look at this. As a gun manufacturer, I want to know your professional opinion on this, and you know what you guys think about it. But uh, here, I'll throw this up here for everyone that's watching too. So you can see what we're looking at here. The Boring Company. And basically, this is just like a can of uh, a can of gas that you can get from anywhere. And Elon Musk called it the Boring Company, not a flamethrower. And they cool. sold 20,000 of them. They're basically just toy flamethrowers. <laughs> How much were they? Doesn't X product make one of those too? Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I wonder. Let me see. They don't show. They don't show the price here. Someone, someone probably remembers what the price was of it. Uh, I know that when he went on, um, when he was on Joe Rogan, he he actually took one to Joe Rogan's studio, almost set the yeah. studio on fire. So yeah, Yul Adam says it's a torch like I used to burn weeds. <laughs> so. Uh, Elfster says it was actually it was actually a roofing torch in an airsoft rifle shell. Hmm. So, um, airsoft rifle that looks like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was you know, it's interesting what people throw out there, and but they sold twenty thousand of them. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know how many Chris Vectors you guys sell. On a regular regular basis, so, and then Gun Doctor TV, who was on with us last night, he says, "Hank, I can totally totally make a real flamethrower attachment for the vector." And by the way, so Gun Doctor TV, he has a video where have you been looking at the Mandalorian series? No, I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, okay, you're not nerdy enough, man. I thought I thought you'd be way more nerdier. But uh, <laughs> and I race cars, dude. That's yeah, true. I know you're, you're too macho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Mandalorian in the Mandalorian series, he has this gauntlet flamethrower in there. Uh -huh. That's not even real. But Gun Doctor TV made a real gauntlet flamethrower, mm -hmm. and he has a video that he posted up of him uh, flaming um, a Baby Yoda. With What's uh, the effective range of that thing? Um, I don't know what the effective range is. I'm just surprised. You know, he's from Kentucky. I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't burn his hand off. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he didn't burn himself to a crisp. <laughs> I saw a video of some dude that made, uh, I guess it was like an Iron Man flamethrower or something. Or maybe it was the, the Mandalorian one. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah he, that, that didn't go well for him because he ended up burning half his body. No, no, no. <laughs> that was, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't uh, Gun Doctor TV. He still has all his parts. He still survived, um, luckily <clears throat> for him. All right, listen, I won't, uh, we're, we're at 9 o'clock. I don't want to keep you going here because I know you're still at work. Uh, I'm going to start to wrap this. It's been a fun conversation, man. I don't know if you had fun or not. 
Oh yeah, totally. We did. Super cool. Yeah, we had fun harassing you from from my point of view. Um, let's do this. I'm gonna get everyone here to tell the folks who are watching or listening to us how they can uh, follow, keep up with them. I'll start with uh, Rick and Ray over there. I don't know if Ray's still over there or not, but Rick, you can tell tell the oh, folks out there. Oh, there he goes. There's Ray. Come on. Uh, Come on over, check it out. Is Your Six Covered is the channel name with the letter six, or the number six, I should say. Yeah, and then uh, mine is X-Ring, just X-Ring. Awesome, there you go. And uh, Tim, how can the folks out there that want to uh, keep up with Chris USA, how can they follow you guys? If someone wanted to communicate with you, ask questions, what's the way for them to do that? Yeah, our website is chriskriss-usa.com. That's where you'll find all the most up-to-date information about our products. Um, and we're at chrisusa, Inc. on, like, Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. But, yeah, you pretty much, if you look up Chris, K-R-I-S-S, uh, something, something about us will come up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, on my part, uh, you guys, what I would say is I would ask everyone to go to hankstrange.com. That's the best way to follow us nowadays because we have control of that. You know, so with everything going on with YouTube, I just think that's the easiest way. Go there, sign up for our email list. Uh, we're giving away stuff, doing all kinds of cool things through that. Everyone stay right there. I am going to drop the end on this video. Okay, so make sure that you guys uh, subscribe here to the channel. Leave your comments, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. For anyone who wants to listen to us on audio when you're like in the car traveling somewhere, if you want to be driven totally out of your mind... <laughs> you know, have or have the trip go by real fast. You can listen to us on audio while you're driving. There's lots of people all over the world. There's at least like two or three people downloading the audio and listening to it. So we appreciate those guys. I really do appreciate Tim Sargent from Chris USA for coming in, hanging out with us for two hours, as well as as Rick and Ray X Ring and Is Your Six Covered. Tim, thanks so much, man. It's, I think it's been fun. Yeah, totally. Man. You Thanks for having me. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you. I don't know if we're going to be able, if we're all going to do the uh, the NRA thing or not. Yeah, I guess we'll wait and find out if yeah. they're still going to have it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see with that. Thanks a lot, guys. Shout out to everyone out there. Thank you so much. Any final words before I press the button here? Anyone has final words? Hit the bell. Yeah, that's right. Ring the bell. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>